Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Me and my wife are here. We absolutely love this church. Anytime Brandon's like, hey man, so we got, yes. Hey man, we got this. Yes, yes, we'll be there. And so we just love this church. Uh, We love this body. We love you guys. Absolutely amazing. Whenever I was praying in Brandon's office just this morning, and I'm praying about, you know, not just what I'm going to say, but just what I feel like God's wanting to do with it and things like that. And I was like, God, I thank you that, that Holy Spirit, that you're the guest of honor. And he says, I'm not a guest in this house. I was like, oh, all right, I'm in the right place. Um. You know, and then Brandon, whenever he was texting me and he tells me the, the theme, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm a junkie for miracles. I'm a junkie for this stuff that the Bible talks about, but sometimes we don't necessarily see all the time. You guys with me? And sometimes you only hear about it in other countries or things like that. I'm here to tell you that God does miracles in the U.S. He does miracles wherever there's faith, and I feel like there's faith in this house. And so whenever he's like healing, I was like, oh yeah, healing in the body, miracles, signs, wonders, here we are. And God's like, yeah, we're going to talk about the soul. And I was like, okay. <laughs> 2020 was a hell of a year for us. And when I say hell, I mean like the place, not like a, whoa, that was a good year. Like, no, like it was hell and uh, literal hell. And so, you know, we went through losing family members to, you know, somebody took my dad's life. And so there was just a lot of stuff that we went through and a lot of work that had to be done on my soul. And anybody that's ever been through any kind of trauma or loss or anything like that, what you can find is that you actually begin to see Jesus as a comforter. You begin to see him as a best friend. You begin to see him as somebody that will sit with you and be with you. There was nights where I literally would just be weeping and I could feel the presence of God wrapping me up. And I was moving in gifts and I was moving in ministry in such a way that it was just like, whoa, this is nuts. I could give you stories like uh, we went and I was preaching at this discipleship, which is our one year recovery program. And I remember this is like, it's pretty wild. Uh, It was really cool for that person. But I was sitting up there and the Lord started giving me a picture. And when I say that, I mean, like I closed my eyes and I saw like a GIF, right? Like one of the things that you send in a text message. Uh, It's like my favorite way to communicate, by the way. So, but I saw like this little picture and then I heard a name and the name was Randy. Now, I know some of the guys in discipleship because I was teaching classes here and there, but I didn't know a Randy. So I'm like, okay, Lord, like, I'm just going to step out on out. And like, you can be like, if anybody feels like maybe they should be called Randy, you know what I mean? Like, and so we get to start. And I said, um, you know, is, uh, is there a Randy in here? And I'm looking around. There's no hands going up. And I'm like, oh, God, I missed it. Like, they're not going to hear anything else. I'm a failure. I should quit now. And then I'm looking around. I'm like, does anybody know a Randy? <laughs> like, you know, I'm starting to just kind of lose confidence in what I've just said. And I look in the back and this guy's got his hand up and nobody calls him Randy. Everybody calls him something else. And apparently all through his childhood, his name was Randy. When he turned 18, he took a different path and he changed his name legally. But any time that God would speak to him, he calls him Randy. None of us knew that until that very moment. And then we're seeing like people get saved, Alan Skid Row, all this kind of stuff. My spirit was thriving, but my soul was dying. It was hurting. I had a hole in me. I was not functioning well. I could not make decisions. There was wires in my brain not touching. And there was so many things going on with my soul. And so finally we got hooked up with this um, counselor. In two days, we did like what, like 87 hours 
something like that, some crazy amount of counseling. And I thought I was going in there because, you know, I'd lost my dad or whatever. And we ended up going through these events in my life that have caused what we're going to talk about today. And that's leprosy of the soul, leprosy of the soul. And I know that's everybody's favorite topic to talk about, right? Leprosy. Uh, You guys came here and you're like, yes, leprosy. Mm, I feel peace of God. Um, But You know, what's crazy is that if we had leprosy on our skin, when we think about leprosy, we think about people losing fingers and ears growing out and they're they're like, your nose can get deformed and all this kind of stuff. You know, if we had that on our body, immediately we'd be at the doctor, right? No, you guys would just be chilling. (laughs) You're like, nah, it's just leprosy, not a big deal. No, you'd be going and you'd be going to every physician that you could. You'd be going to get checked out. Is there a different kind of horse medicine I can take that'll help this? Um, whatever, Whatever you could do so that you could get rid of this stuff, right? Only half of you laugh, but that's okay. That's way better than usually what I get. So we'll roll with it. But You know, you'd be doing everything that you could, but yet there's things in our soul that are eating us away, and yet we don't do anything about it. And part of it's because we don't really think God cares about that. We're just trying to be as good as we can, so that way we can go to heaven, right? God has more for you. God has more for you. God has more for you. That's all I can tell you, is that uh, some of us are trying to do it in our own effort, and it's not by your effort. It's not by how good you think you can be with this broken body and this broken soul that you think that you have. But I'm telling you that there's restoration, that there's cleansing, that there's things that God's wanting to do in your soul, that if you'll let them. I love that song where it says, the revival's in the air, catch it if you can. I want to make a suggestion that maybe every single one of us can, but not maybe all of us want to. And there's healing for the soul, for every single person in this room. And it's not if you can catch it, it's if you want to catch it. It's if, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Are you okay with walking in brokenness all the days of your life? Like, you guys ever heard of somebody getting triggered? Like, oh, that's triggering. Like, oh, he, he said something about horse medicine. I'm triggered. You know, like, whatever. Like, all these triggers of your soul, you don't have to be triggered anymore. You can be healed. You can be set free. You can be restored. You can be a whole new creation. You don't have to be patchwork. You don't have to be some type of project that God's got and he's just trying to do what he can. No, no, no. He made you a new creation, brand spanking new. So, you know, I want to be respectful. And so I want to give you some fun facts about leprosy. Leprosy is also known as Hansen's disease, which is actually still a thing today. Like people still get leprosy today. That's nuts. I thought that was like, uh, you know, when Jesus walked to earth, he's like, nah, leprosy's good. We're done. Nope, you can still get it. It's called Hansen's disease. Each year, about 150 people in the U.S., okay, and 250,000 people around the world get the disease. That's nuts. And there's actually still a leper's colony in Hawaii. So all you guys want to visit Hawaii, be careful. And this is the best fun fact I could bring to you today. This is, well, not really the best, but it's funny. In the South, armadillas naturally carry it. This is from the CDC website, our beloved CDC. And I pulled a quote and I want to read it because I read this and I was like, these goons. Uh, (laughs) For general health reasons, avoid contact with armadillas whenever possible. There's more. But I just want to sit on that note. 
when is it impossible for you to not handle, like you just see an armadillo and you're like, it's mm -mm, impossible for me not to touch it. (laughs) So like, whenever it's possible, don't touch an armadillo. (laughs) Deal. If you had contact with an armadillo and are worried about getting Hansen's disease, talk to your healthcare provider. I feel like now this is like an infomercial. Your doctor will follow up with you and over time and perform periodic skin examinations to see if you develop the disease. In the unlikely event that you have Hansen's disease, your doctor can come and help you get treatment. Please stop touching armadillos. <laughs> you psychopath. Um, they're not cute. They're deadly. Uh, yeah. So anyways, so if you're worried about Hansen's disease and leprosy and the things we're going to talk about today, don't touch armadillos. Don't touch them. And armadillo ends with an A, even though spell check would tell you it ends with an O. Um, it ends with an A in the South. Whenever you would contract Hansen's disease or leprosy, what would happen is, is that you would actually start to get uh, whelps or anybody that's ever seen a picture, you would start to get even deformities or tumors or laceration or like even just things like that. And and like I said, if it was on our body, we would go and get it immediately checked out. But there's things that happen in our soul. And I want to talk about how we can contract leprosy of the soul. And if you would, I want you to turn to Mark 1 for me, because this is going to be, we're going to sit here in like five verses. And I'm just going to pull from that. And yeah, we're going to talk about leprosy of the soul. So Mark 1, verse 40, says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing... You can make me clean. And we're going to get into a little bit more of the context of this story later, but I just want you to see that Jesus did heal a leper, so you don't think I'm just out here telling lies. But then it says that Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him, and sent him away at once. And he said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely, disobedient little guy, and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places. And they came to him from every direction. So Jesus heals this leper. This leper comes up to him and says, hey man, if you're willing, like begging him, embarrassing himself. You ever been around somebody that got starstruck and it was just really embarrassing for you, even though they were the one that, he was like, oh God, please, if you are willing. And he's like at his feet, right? If you're willing, would would you cleanse me? Would you wash me? Would you make me clean? And Jesus is like, I'm willing, dude. I'm willing. And he goes and he sends him on his way. But there's um, a few ways that we can contract leprosy. And I did a little bit of research on this type of stuff. And, but there's a, a few ways that we can contract it. And one of the first reasons is multiple skin contacts. Now, I am the last person that want to preach about any kind of disease uh, because I feel like we've been hearing enough about it here in the past couple of years that we could all throw up. Amen? Okay. But just stay with me. We're not talking about any other disease. We're going to talk about this one, okay? But with leprosy, one of the ways that you can contract it is through multiple skin contacts. So it's not like a, just like a, I just grazed you. It says that it's highly unlikely that you would contract it through a handshake or a fist bump or uh, air five, you know, whatever. But like, 
but multiple. That means going back and touching the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And I want to say to you that in the soul, the same thing happens. Because it's not whenever you touch clean things that you get leprosy. It's when you touch unclean things. See, even in the Old Testament, whenever you had leprosy, you would have to go around and you would have to say unclean. And then if anybody actually touched you or you touched someone that was, had leprosy, you also would become unclean. Because they were unclean, they made you unclean. And that's what made the miracle of Jesus so incredible because Jesus would touch the lepers and <laughs> neither one of them would be unclean, right? In this day and time now, but with leprosy and in multiple skin contacts, this is how you would contract it. But with your soul, what actually happens is, is that you keep reverting and you keep touching things that you know you shouldn't be touching. And then all of a sudden you contract a disease that's eating away at your soul. And so we can go down the list if you'd like. Uh, we can start with relationships. We can go with substances. We can go with um, some of you have actually even used church in a way that's so religious that Jesus has been totally squeezed out of it. We can go to head knowledge over actually having a heart knowledge of his presence. And so you've become so biblically accurate in your mind, but yet it's missed your heart totally and completely that now you're just somebody that's really mean that knows how to use scriptures to judge people. I love you. <laughs> but I don't want that for you. I want you to have the real thing. I want you to be cleansed. I want you to be healed. I want you to be whole. I don't want this stuff for you anymore. And so this is one of the ways that we can contract it. And, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because you guys know your sin better than I do. And I don't want to know it. I just want you to be healed of it. Amen. So here's another way. Another way that you can get it is through um, saliva droplets. And now we've heard enough about this as well, right? But you can actually get that. And, you know, and some of you are like, I don't see how I could get anything in my soul from saliva droplets. Well, I want to suggest this, that maybe it's from things that are speaking over you that shouldn't be. Maybe it's words that you heard. Maybe it's words that somebody said and you started to believe them over the truth. Maybe they told you you would never be anything. You'll never leave this place. This is all that you'll ever be. Well, you know, they're so-and-so's kids, so this is just what they'll do. Um, they'll always be on drugs. Well, they'll just never get it. They'll just, well, whatever. Or you've believed the complete opposite, and you've believed something, and now you're sitting way higher than you really should. And it's the expectation that's killed you. It's people's reputation of you that's gone way before you. And that's great. I'm glad people think that way but you've believed your own press. We don't talk about that. We talk about the negative stuff, right? Well, they said I'm a loser, and so I guess I'm a loser. You're not a loser, okay? You belong to Jesus. You can't be a loser and belong to Jesus. I'm sorry. It's like being halfway pregnant. It just don't work. Uh, that's not a thing. But we also don't talk about the expectations. Maybe your parents really loved you and, and they put this, this expectation on you that's so big and so wide, you feel like you never feel it. And so the expectation of what you should be and what you could be and all these kinds of things just begin to weigh on you so heavy that you feel captive to good words. And it's not really good words. It was just like this blanket of expectation on you and it didn't actually let you to be free. And so now you're trying to just live up to what somebody said that you should be rather than just living. Does that make sense? I did not expect to talk about that at all. I thought we were just going to stay on the negative stuff. But the thing is, it's not just that it was spoken, but it came and it stuck on you. And so you've walked around with unclean words stuck to you. 
and you've lived those things. And you'll say things like this, and it's sarcastic humor, but actually it's rooted in a soul of leprosy. And you say, well, you know, that's just who we are. And I'm a Wilson, right? But it's like, well, you know, we're just Wilsons. That's just what we do. And you're literally talking about the generational curse that's over your life. And you're saying it in sarcasm. Well, you know, that's just, that's just who we are. We're just hard-headed. You know, we're just stubborn. I know, I'm talking like I'm from Louisiana, okay? Y'all calm down. <laughs> Bless your heart. But we talk about those things. And it can actually do a lot of damage to our soul. There's another one. There's two more, actually. And this one's kind of gross, but y'all hear me out. It's nasal discharge. So somebody blowing a snot rocket on you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh my God, this is disgusting. I'm out of here. I'm catching the Chiefs game right now. Uh, <laughs> but I want to say it like this. You've turned to other things to breathe life into you. You know, in the beginning, whenever Adam was formed, he made him from the dust of the ground, the dirt, whatever you want to call it. And it says that he did this thing, you know, and what I love about Genesis is that God spoke and there was animals, right? And he spoke and there was light. He spoke and there was darkness. He spoke in the land and he spoke and all these things. But whenever it came to man, he didn't speak to us and just form us like that in his words. He formed us with his hands. And, you know, we're out in Utah now and I'm from Louisiana originally, like Brennan was saying, and we have a bunch of pine trees. Like that's all we got. Pine trees and like dirty water that people call swamp. And they're like, oh my God, it's beautiful. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is disgusting. (laughs) Have you seen what lives here? Have you seen what we eat? But like, whenever I went to California, I was sharing this story last night. And, uh, you know, I had never seen really mountains before. And whenever I was driving through from Louisiana to California, I was starting to see these mountains. And can I be honest with you guys? Okay, good. Unless you're like a celebrity, hardly anybody's watching your Facebook live. Let's be honest. (laughs) It's like your mom and then some other random person that's going to watch it for like five seconds and then pop out. But I was so enamored. Some of y'all are offended. Some of y'all are like, everybody watches my Instagram lives. Okay, I haven't. So here we are. <laughs> I love you, but here we are. And so, but I was so enamored with the beauty of these mountains that I get on Facebook Live, which is not a thing for me because I know my place and it's not an influencer. You know what I mean? Like nobody's watching my Instagram Live. I'm aware of this, but it was so beautiful. I didn't know what else to do and I wanted other people to see it. And so I'm like, I'm just in California. Hey guys, like da, 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 da. Um, look at these mountains. And it's like turned around. I've got a mount from my phone on my Jeep and it's just like looking at all the mountains. And I was so enamored. But the thing is, is that as beautiful as that is, and I wanted to show everybody the attention of these mountains because looking how beautiful it is, God spoke those and yet he formed me. He spoke and these absolutely gorgeous mountains are made. But then whenever I go and I look at myself and it's like God's hand formed me. It says that he knit me together in my mother's womb. And before I was even knit together in my mother's womb, he had a plan for me to bless me and to prosper me. And and he has good things for me. Come on. That's why whenever I go to him and I said, I'm unclean. If you're willing, he goes, I'm always willing, son. I've never not been. Do you remember that even whenever you were in your mess, Even though I was still a sinner, even though whenever I was in sin, Jesus still was after me. Because he that knew no sin became sin so that I could know the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Even whenever I was dying in my trespasses, Jesus was like, you don't have to. It's not catch it if you can, it's catch it if you want. And so I could turn to things that would breathe into me. 
And so maybe I turn to different things that I feel like would give me enjoyment. I'm not against you being entertained. I'm not against you, anything like that. But whenever it's being your source of life and it's literally trying to breathe into you, it does not matter how good or how other people see it. If it's trying to breathe life into you, it cannot. It does not carry the capacity of life in it. Life and life alone is found in Christ. Jesus says this, you're either with me or you are against me. We don't like to talk about that scripture where he talks about this message, this gospel that we have will split up families. Jesus says there is no middle ground. There is either life comes through me and everything else is death. The math equation of sin is still the same. Sin always equals death. Sin always equals death. And if it's outside of him. I'm not saying don't spend time with your family because that's not Jesus. Nope. That's not what I'm saying. Don't listen to something I'm not saying. What I'm saying is, is that the things that give you life, the things, let me tell you, this is how you know if you've got idols. This is how you know when something's giving you life. When all hell breaks loose in your life, what's the first thing that you do? When you get bored, when you get lonely, when you get your heart broke, when you have loss, when you have this, when you have that, when you get excited, when something great happens, what's the first thing that you do? What's the first thing you turn to? That'll reveal your idols quicker than anything. Well, I'm bored, so I'll get on social media. Well, I'm this, so I'll go to this. Or, um, you know, something really good happened. And so instead of going and being Thanksgiving and praise, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call my best. There's nothing wrong with telling your best friend what happened. There's nothing wrong with calling your best friend when something bad happened. But if they're first, we've got an issue. Ain't nothing wrong with social media. I think social media is a great tool. When it's your first, that's an issue. Nothing wrong with money. I'm a fan of having it. <laughs> like, come on. But it's, if it's the first thing that gives me life, if whenever I check my bank account and there's nothing in there, and then all of a sudden I feel like really depressed and I feel down and I feel this and I feel that, all of a sudden I can see what's giving me life. If my savings account is my safety, then I've missed it. If whatever I've got in my 401k or my Roth IRA or whatever, my CDs, whatever you want to say, if that's what's actually helping me to have hope for my future, I've missed it. I've missed it. I'm not here for normal people. I'm sorry. If you want to sit here and you want to be normal after hearing the gospel of Christ, you're in the wrong room. I love you, but you're in the wrong room. I'm not here for that. I'm not here for normal. I don't want to be normal. Sorry. Anybody that's ever had a conversation with me knows that. This dude's weird and he talks weird too. That's okay. But I'm not here for normal. I'm here for those that are saying, you know what? I'm tired of being normal. I'm tired of living the same way that culture does and then just putting a Jesus twist on it. I don't want Jesus to be an afterthought. I want him to be the thing that's breathing life into me. I want his word, his living word to be washing over me and cleansing me from all unrighteousness. Yeah. And then there's one more thing. You know, the funny thing about leprosy is that we think that whenever we get it, or if we were to get it, right, if we were to be handling armadillos or something, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, like, whatever. I just instantly started getting this thing. No, that's not the case at all. Actually, one of the biggest ways that leprosy was spread was in the household. Imagine that, right? Close quarters. But this is what was dangerous about leprosy is that you could have it anywhere from five to 20 years and not even have a single symptom. It could be underneath the surface. Here's the funny thought is that leprosy is not actually a skin disease. It's not something that's on the surface. It's a disease that goes after your nervous system. 
So it goes below the surface and then it, it's in your nervous system, but the way in which it shows is on your skin. But then you may not even know it. You could be having it in your house and be passing it on to everybody in your house and not even know it for five to 20 years. And that's one of the last ways that we're going to talk about getting leprosy of the soul, and that's generational. Because maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a kid, whatever the case may be, there's things maybe even in your own home. And I'm not sitting here trying to condemn you. I'm not here telling you you're a bad parent. I think every single one of you is doing the absolute best that you possibly can. But I'm saying that maybe there's more. Maybe there's more healing that we can get. Maybe there's things that we've ignored because it's been like that for so long and it's laid dormant. And maybe it's been like that for five to 25 to 50 years to generations. And the symptoms are coming up and they're showing. But our nervous system has been attacked and we don't feel it anymore. You know, what's crazy about leprosy is that it wasn't leprosy that was the worst part of leprosy. It was the nerve damage. So you could have it. You could have leprosy on your hand or wherever. And because the nervous system is so broken, you could grab a pot of coffee, pour it on your hand, not feel a single thing. Kind of a freak show, to be honest. (laughs) Like just, I feel no pain. Some of us walking through life right now in that very motion. And it's because of things that have happened in our homes, in our generations, or these are the things that it's just always been like that. And um, I want to say that the things that you grew up with, the things that you were taught, and the things that weren't tolerated or were tolerated in your house don't have to be anymore. You can make a decision this very morning. And I believe that God would redeem the time. I believe that God would go back And he'd begin to restore your soul. He'd begin to restore your house. And then all of a sudden, listen, like there's so many things. I'm the last person that should be up here speaking to you. I'm the last person that like should be doing anything like this motion right here. Okay. Um, My dad was in and out of prison my whole entire life. I was raised by a really strong single mother. But you know, like I wasn't raised in church. I wasn't raised around this kind of stuff. And so there's a lot of stuff in my house that like, you know, like even me and Tia, like we're kind of first generation doing this thing. And so there's a lot of things. We're like kind of like Gideon, right? You guys ever read that story? I don't have enough time to get into it, but he's having to go back and he's having to tear down the things that his dad put up as asher poles or idols. And he's doing it in the dark because he's scared, but we're doing it in the dark because nobody's going to see it. Our kids may inherit it, but we're just kind of pushing through this thing. I feel like there's Gideons in the room when it comes to this stuff. Maybe generations of leprosy have been going on and there's been different hurts and pains. And now some of you have walked through, and this is like one of the ways that you can tell, um, nothing hurts you anymore. And it's not that nothing hurts you. You choose for nothing to hurt you now because you have so many walls put up. Uh, that's one of the symptoms of having leprosy of the soul is that you don't feel pain or everything triggers you. And so let me tell you a little story of what this could look like. You know, me and Tia, whenever we were in LA, we did some, we were young adult pastors. And so we would have people that would come in and they'd be in relationships, right? And so they'd come in and they begin to talk about their, well, you know, I'm just really sensitive in this area and they just seem not to really care. And I'm like, oh man, you're going to hate marriage. Uh, (laughs) This is my very unbiased opinion. I've done studies. I have the best wife on the planet. Everybody else is fighting for a second. But even with that being said, she still exposes all my insecurities. All of the places where I would get triggered. 
And what I've come to find out is that relationships, this is the reason some of us don't have any kind of deeper intimate relationships is because we're getting triggered because we don't want to feel pain because we've just chosen not to feel that way. And we feel like relationships are all supposed to be put around us so that they can protect our insecurities instead of exposing them and healing them. And so now what we do is the people will come up and um, all of a sudden, well, I just don't like the way that they talk about this issue, or I don't like the way they talk to me, or they said something, they said something like, oh, you silly. And you're like, I'm not silly. Like all of a sudden you just freak out, right? Well, my mom called me silly and my dad said I was a silly goose too. And now I'm just, <laughs> the circumstance doesn't justify the action. And that's one of the ways that you can tell there's a wound in the soul. Well, they didn't invite me to go out to eat, so I'm just not going to go there anymore. I'm just going to quit going to their group. It's like, really? Even though they did invite you, you just didn't make a plan? Like, (laughs) this is how you're going to do that? And so what you've done is that, you know, back then whenever you would get leprosy, what would happen is, is that you would get called unclean and you'd have to go and live in this thing that they called the leper's colony, right? And if you read Leviticus like 13 and 14, I think it'll tell you the whole list of rules. You would go and you'd be in this colony, right? And so you would go with a bunch of people that looked like you, that were hurting just like you. But the thing is, is I used to think, oh, a leper's colony, like that would probably be kind of comforting, right? Because like now you're not like having to walk around saying you're unclean. You're with other people that are like you and you're kind of just doing life together. Everybody's got fingers falling off, but it's all good. It's like, oh, Jim, you lost your other one. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, it happens, you know, whatever. It's like comforting, right? (laughs) That's not the case. You would be in a colony of people They look like you, probably sound like you in their conversation, right? But actually, you'd be isolated from them. And this is exactly what happens. This is how one of the ways you can tell that you have a leper soul is that you're with a lot of people that sound like you and look like you, but they don't know you and you don't know them. And you do this as a protective device or a mechanism so that you never feel pain again. And I want to stress to you this. As much as you're afraid of feeling pain is as much love as you actually give. Let me say that again. If you're afraid of being hurt, you're afraid of loving. Because if you're afraid of being hurt, you won't actually love people. I'm going to say it one more time. Because I I don't know if we're getting this. Because everybody's like, well, of course I'm afraid of getting hurt. Okay. If you're going to love people like Jesus loved people, you're going to get hurt. Spoiler alert. Okay, let me just go ahead and tell you that, okay? You're going to get hurt, but are you going to choose to live like Jesus or are you going to choose to live in a leper's colony? Because you can go through this whole life with people that look like you, sound like you, have the same issues as you, but they don't know you and you don't know them and you die lonely. Or better yet, You could get clean. You could live with people that maybe don't look like you, that maybe don't sound like you, but yet they know you and you know them and you love each other well. And they'll do things that hurt you and you'll do things that hurt them. But yet all of a sudden, how could I be so fearful of hurting when I walk hand in hand with a healer? How could I? How could I? How could I? With grace that's been given to me, with a love that's so deep, with a love that's so real, that's so tangible. How could I walk through this life afraid that people are going to hurt me? It's because I've got wounds whenever I was a kid. I've got wounds from when somebody spoke over me and I believed it. I've got wounds from those past relationships that I kept going to that I shouldn't have. And so now 
I've begun to believe the lie, begin to believe the devil's schemes. And so now I've separated myself. And I think that I'm actually safe when really you're in the most danger that you've ever been in. And why do I say that? I say that because I looked through the gospels where Jesus was walking on the earth and everything and, and never said that Jesus went to a leper's colony. Never said that. Never said he went to a leper's colony. He said lepers came to him, but he never went to a leper's colony. You would think, right? Like Jesus would heal the sick. He would just go to the hospital nowadays. I'm not saying that Jesus wouldn't, right? But whenever it came to leprosy, he didn't go to the colonies. The people in the colonies would come to Jesus. And so like, we know how we get it. We know kind of what it looks like when we do get it. How do we get rid of it, right? Like that's like, I can't sit here and tell you how you got it and how you, how you know you have it and then not tell you what to do with it, right? So how do I get healed? Well, you got to get out of the colony. You got to get out of the colony. I'm sorry, but some of us, if we're in this state and we have these things going on with our soul, we have people that look like us and sound like us and listen, the conversations are not healthy. Well, you know, if my daddy wouldn't have done this and my mama wouldn't have said that, you know, that's just the way I was raised. And, you know, if they wouldn't have done it this way, I'd have... There's no healing in that. I'm not saying it's wrong to talk about your issue. I totally, you know, I've been to counseling. That's okay. But sitting around talking with hurt people, talking with hurt people never made healed people. Sorry. You have to find some people that have been healed in your life. Some people that have been in that same situation or have come out of it and that have come to Jesus and he's cleansed them. He's washed them. And this is where you're getting counseling from. Because if, if hurt people are talking to hurt people, then there's no hope in that equation. Everybody just talks about how hurt they are. Everybody just talks about, well, you know. And they give their situation or they give their reasoning and whatever the case may be. There's no healing there. Jesus doesn't show up there. I know that's hard to think. Well, what do you mean, Jesus? Yes, he's omnipresent, but his miracle working power is not coming up. It's just like he's coming to his hometown and they're saying, well, you know, it's just Jesus. Yeah, I know Jesus is good, but you know, I'm just going to have to live with this. It's just the cards I've been dealt. I'm sorry, but I feel like God wants to shuffle the deck. (laughs) Come on, right? And so we've got to get out of the calling. You know what's crazy is that the people that got leprosy went where the law told them to go. The law says, hey, you got to go to uh, this colony and this is where you got to be for this a lot of time. And then we'll come and we'll check on you. And if you got it, then, you know, you'll stay. And if you don't, then you come back. Sound familiar, right? They literally would quarantine sick people. So they would do that. But, you know, it's crazy. The law would tell them that. But for them to get healed, they had to leave what the law said and they had to come in and embrace grace. You hear what I'm saying? That if the law was reigning over us right now, if the old covenant was reigning, we now are in a better covenant. We are now in a better agreement with God. Because the old covenant was, if you sin, you die. Like, that's just it. And here's all the list of rules. Here's all the things you do and don't do. And if you don't do those, and you're unholy, and you got to do this, you got to do that. But now we're in a new covenant And we'll talk about that in here in just a second. But you've got to get out of the colony. You've got to get out of condemnation. You've got to get out of those things that say that this is where you belong because you're unclean. Because you don't deserve it. Because you're not worth it. Because this is the family that you came out of. And this is the way that you think. And well, you know, you touch too many unclean things. All these people that said all these things about you, it's true. The devil's going to come at you and you already know what they are. They're flying through your head right now. I don't have to tell you what they are. But all these kinds of things are coming in and all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm unclean, so I don't really deserve it. You know what? You're right. You're right. We don't. 
Not a single one of us. There's not a single person in here that should be doing anything Jesus related because we don't deserve it. But grace, undeserved favor comes when we step out of the colony and we begin to admit that we are unclean. Now, does that mean I'm sitting here and I'm saying, well, you know, I'm just condemned to death and I'm just, no, it's admitting that you don't have it all together. It's admitting that you believe something that you shouldn't have. It's admitting that things are giving you life that they shouldn't have. It's admitting that maybe there's things that went on in your family that you don't want to go on in yours. It's admitting those types of things and then coming to Jesus and saying, and let me answer a question, is God willing to heal my soul? He's always willing. He's always willing. He's always willing. He's always willing. Talking about what may have caused the leprosy of the soul didn't get the leper healed. It only prolonged the time in the colony. It'll cause separation for those that you love, whether you're under the same roof or not. And if you're not careful, you'll pass it on to those that mean the most without even knowing it. So you could live under the same roof with leprosy, pass it on, not even know it. I've had family members like that. They've kind of gone on to be with the Lord, but they would talk about all the things that were just bad, just bad things. Well, you know, like when my dad got locked up, my grandmother who's, who's passed, you know, it was really hard to talk to her. Uh, sometimes she's a sweet lady, but she would just talk about how, how bad people treated my dad. Well, you know, they shouldn't have locked him up for that long. Well, they shouldn't. I'm like, Mamaw, he, he broke the law. <laughs> and I understand that's her baby and things like that, but she would just talk about how she was hurt and how these people did her wrong and all this kind of stuff. And the more and more that you talk like that, it was really hard to like, Whenever she would call, you're like, man, I'm about to listen to 45 minutes of how dad got wronged. Oof. And she was just wounded in her soul. She lost her baby to breaking the law and to his ill-advised decisions. And when he kind of pushed you away, and then it became work to be in a relationship with somebody like that. You can do that in your own house. And so how do you get healed? You get out of the colony. You get, ar- get around people that's been healed. You have to admit that you got stuff going on with you that it's okay to not be okay. That's like one of the biggest deals, right? You come to church and you got to act like, you know, Jesus, you like you've just been in the third heavens and you just levitated down to just be with us in church. <laughs> well, you know, I was just having this revelation. I was just up with Apostle Paul. And, but, you know, I, I told him, I said, I want to go to ES first Sunday. So Lord, would you let me down? And uh, here we are. It's like, no, dude, I got things going on. I got issues. I'm unclean. My soul hurts. My spirit may be throbbing, but my soul hurts. I got things going on. I reacted to something that somebody said that did not justify. And I know that there's an issue there. Here's a way that you can find out. How many of you've got something going on and it just bothers you? Like something happened and it caused a reaction in you that doesn't make sense. Next time that happens, here's what you do. I want you to don't react, even though you want to do your absolute best not to react. I want you to take that event I want you to take those feelings and I want you to bring them to the Lord whenever you go to spend time with him. And I want you to ask him why. Why? And Tia's probably sick and tired of me telling the story, but there are so many times when things would happen, whether it be leadership would say something or do something that I wouldn't agree with, but it was a little bit more towards me. I took it so personal. And I remember I would, it was like this season of even whenever I wanted to do anything, Holy Spirit would just ask me the same question. And it, it was a one-worded question. Why? Why? 
well, I, I, I want to build this church in Salt Lake and we'll do a dream center and we'll do free daycare because daycares are so expensive and they don't even teach the kids anything. They just give them fruit loops. I don't understand, Lord. So let's just make it free. And anybody that's working at daycare, I'm, I'm sure yours is a lot better. Um, <laughs> but like, this is what we're going to do. And, da, 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 and he'd say, why? I'm like, well, Lord, what do you mean? Why? It's a church. Like, you can't say no to that, right? <laughs> he can. But then he started to reveal the motives of my heart. You know, when we talk about the soul, we're talking about the mind, the will, the emotions, how you think your will, as far as why you do things and your emotions, how you feel about it. So all these things, when we talk about leprosy of the soul, it's affecting those three things, right? So, but why, but why, but why? And, you know, whenever Lord started kind of ask us to, Hey, maybe you should go to the small group direction. Maybe you should just start having home groups. I got scared to death because I felt more comfortable with coming up and entertaining somebody for 30 minutes than I did sitting with them because I didn't really know how to disciple. What do you ask? Well, you don't ask hardly anything half the time. You just sit there. And then all of a sudden, like, you just, I mean, you do ask some questions. You ask, like, well, what do you think Jesus says about that? And then all of a sudden, like, they're okay. And you don't have to do hardly anything. It's great. But he started asking me, why, why, why? Or so-and-so would say something or do something or feel like their intentions towards me. Don't you know that? That we judge other people off of their actions and ourselves off of our intentions. Hear me. We judge others off of their actions and ourselves off our intentions. So when somebody comes up to us and they say, hey, you hurt me, you're like, well, that's not what I intended to do. Well, it doesn't matter. It's what you did. And so, but whenever somebody hurts us and we go and we take it and we begin to ask why, 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 what he'll do is he'll take us back to one of those four ways in which we could contract it. Well, because you turned to this person for so much healing and they couldn't give it to you, you got hurt. And so now you're not open up to any kind of relationships that there is. You don't have friendships. This is why you don't have a functioning relationship with the opposite sex because you see them as an object because this is what you did. Da, 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 da. There's healing for you as well. For those that have been wrapped up in pornography for so long, there's healing for you as well. Somebody maybe exposed it to you that you shouldn't have, right? Somebody did something to you that they shouldn't have. Maybe you did something to somebody that you shouldn't have. And it's something that I don't really want to mention in this setting, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you think, well, this is the way that I'll always be. And it's damaging the way in which you see your partner. It's damaging in the way in which you see relationships. You wonder why nothing works out because it goes too fast, too soon. And it's because that's the way that in which you think the relationships are supposed to go. Because you think that that's the only thing that you have to offer is your body. I love you. I'm not trying to get in your business, but here we are. But there's healing for you. And God wants you to know that there's more to offer than your body. And that anybody that's willing to only just take your body doesn't deserve you. And that there is somebody out there that will really love you well and love you like Jesus loves you. And so do not settle. Do not settle. Do not settle. Do not settle for what you think you're worth. Settle for what he says that you're worth. Okay? And so now... You're asking why, and you're feeling all these things. But I want to talk about the Old Testament, what they would do. See, in the Old Testament, whenever Jesus said, hey, go and show yourself to the priest and do what Moses said, right? What would happen? This is my favorite part, my favorite part, my favorite part, my favorite part. Oh my gosh, it makes me want to run around the building. Okay, so get ready, get ready, get ready. They would take two turtle doves, and they would come, and they would, and this, I think it's earthen vessel, okay? My English is tough. But they would take two doves. And they would come and they would kill one in an earthen vessel. And they would take the blood of the one in which they killed 
and they would put it on the live one. They said they would take the, the one that was alive and they would dip it in the blood. And then they would take it out to a field and they would release it, the one that was alive. I don't even have to preach anymore. Come on, somebody. There's a blood that's accessible for you to come and get put on your life. I want you to know that God came in an earthen vessel and there was blood that was shed on a cross. There was a man that was fully God and fully man that went through all the same temptations, the same things that we have to try and say no to every single day, the things that get shoved in our face, Jesus said no to. He said no to popularity. He said no to lust. He said no to all these different things, all the things in which we struggle with. He, we have somebody that sympathizes with us. But yet whenever he died on the cross, there's a blood that was spilled for our transgressions and for our sin. And if we are willing that blood will come over us and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So we're going to do two calls. We're going to do two calls. So the first one is what I just talked about. I talked about this gospel. I talked about the, the healing of the soul and what that looks like and how you can get it and what it, you know, all that good stuff. And there's healing for you here. But some of you, you know, you came here for maybe healing in your body, or maybe this is just where you come on Sundays. And I want to tell you that, yes, I believe the healing in the bodies is amazing, but I don't want you to bust hell wide open with a healthy body. You could have all the things in your body, but yet, <laughs> if you got a healthy soul, you're going to be all right. If you got a healthy soul, you're going to be okay. This is how you're going to change generations. This is how you're going to change your house. This is how you're going to change um, Excelsior Springs, the world. This is how you're going to change it. A good knee can only get you there, but it can't do anything. I just hate for you to get healing in your body and yet your soul will be sitting there rotting. So we're going to do two calls. If you guys would, I'm going to just close your eyes with me. I don't know why, it just helps us to get spiritual for some reason. And I talked about this gospel, this good news. And I want you to know that there is cleansing for you. The things that we walk around with, the burdens, the transgressions, the things that weigh us down and we feel like the whole reason that that would have keep us from church, the whole reason it feels like there's only certain people who can be intimate with God. Well, you know, they just don't sin as much. Correction. No, we've just got redeemed. We've been forgiven. And it's not because we did anything. It's because we said, hey, I'm unclean. And Jesus says, I'm willing You say you're unclean and I say I'm willing. So that is a recipe for healing. And I want you to know there's a recipe for healing in the room right now. Right now, wherever you're at, when you begin to think about the things that are going on in your soul, the things that you've been hurt, the unforgiveness, the bitterness, the things that have hurt you for so long, they don't have to hurt anymore. You can be healed. You can be cleansed. And so when we talk about the gospel, what I'm saying is, is not only can you get cleansed in your soul, but you can have a relationship with the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega. We're talking about the God that created the universe. He wants you. And you say, well, how is that? I have all this stuff. And I said, well, you remember the doves, the one that, the one that was killed in, in the vessel, that dove was a man named Jesus. 
who was holy in all of his ways, who was perfect in all of his intentions. And he says, I didn't step unless I heard the father say step. And I didn't speak unless I heard the father say speak. And he didn't have the blood of man because the blood of man couldn't pay for the price of sin because it was unholy. But it says, even whenever you read the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew one, it doesn't say that Joseph was his daddy. It says that Mary was his mother because it was a miraculous conception. He was born with holy blood and holy blood walks the earth and holy blood is crying out for you to come and to know him. And so every reason, every excuse, everything that you could think of that would keep you away from that relationship with God, Jesus said, no more. In the Old Testament, they would kill doves, they would kill calves, they would kill whatever animal they could get their hand on. And it was still not enough. They would take animals that were perfect with no flaw. And they would pour it out thousands upon thousands upon millions of gallons of blood to redeem sin. And it was still never enough. They could still never get into the Holy of Holies. They could never experience God's presence. There was only one man and even he was faulted so much so to where they would tie a bell around his ankle to where whenever he would go into the Holy of Holies, if he had unconfessed, unsacrificed sin, he would die right in immediate contact with the presence of God. It was so thick but only one man could go in. And when Jesus went to the cross and it says that not only did he just die for his disciples, but the same one that spat on him and kicked him and ripped his flesh off his bone, beat him so bad his mother could not recognize him. And he looked at them and he says, forgive them father for they not know what they do. Jesus. Jesus. And he goes and he dies on this cross. And matter of fact, they didn't take his life. He gave it up. He says, you can't kill me. You can do what you want, but you can't take it. The only way it's because Jesus's body wasn't stolen. His life wasn't stolen. It was given up as a ransom. Jesus. And the blood that was shed on that cross has not run dry. It is still alive and it is on the mercy seat of God and it's crying out. Will you answer? Will you answer? Will you answer? Will you answer? He's saying, son, Some of you are like, I'm not a son. He calls you son way before you call him father. Because of the blood, because of the blood, because of the blood, because of the dove that was killed in the earthen vessel. And it cries out for redemption for his kids. For those that question if he's willing, he's willing. He's willing, he's willing. And so if that's you and you say, hey, I have no idea about this God. I don't have a relationship with God, but I wanna know him this extravagant love. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? You say, I don't have a relationship with God, but I want one. Amen. I see you. I see you. You know, what's crazy is that I want you to hear all the heavens chants. You think about a chief's game or whatever. And, you know, I know it gets loud. I know it gets real loud. They celebrate whenever you score a touchdown or whatever, but it says whenever there's a 
salvation whenever somebody comes to the knowledge of knowing that Jesus loves them and that he died for them and that he wants to wash them and make them clean and they surrender to that they answer mercy seat's call it makes the Chiefs game sound like a ringtone of how loud and how celebration breaks out and so right now if you made that choice and you lifted your hand we're going to say this prayer and it's not this prayer that saves you I want you to know that it's not this well, I just said what he said. No, 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 no. You've now just chosen a whole new life. But here's the thing, is that all of heaven is cheering for you. All of heaven is cheering for you. So if that's, matter of fact, could we all just say this? And then if that's you, if you lifted your hand, you say, hey, I want a new life in Jesus. Would you just come and meet with us after church? We want to talk to you. We want to love on you. And if you did not like anything that I said, just come back next Sunday. It'll be totally different. Amen. But if, let's just all say this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I'm unclean. Would you cleanse me? Would you wash me? Would you make me new? I believe that you were sinless and that you died to make me righteous. So make me righteous. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So what just happened is, is that the, he wants to wash you in his word. He wants to cleanse you. You know, Jesus never told a leper, you're healed. He said, you're cleansed. You're cleansed. You're not just healed, you're cleansed. You're not just healed of something that people can see, but you're cleansed from the things that nobody else could see. And so the second call that we'll do is for those that are struggling in their soul, the things that I talked about. And so I don't know how you want to do this, but he said, just wrap it up. No, I'm just kidding. But we're going to do, we're just, if that's you and you want prayer, listen, I'm good to pray with you, but I feel like God's just going to speak to you so much to where I'm just, we're just unneeded. Um, so if that's you, come on down, come on down. Come on down. Amen. 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 Some of you are like, I'm not going up there. That's embarrassing. I'm, I'm good. If you're good, then you'll stay where you're at. And I'm not sitting here trying to get anybody to come up to the altar so it makes me feel better about myself. I'm way, I'm way past that. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that. What I want more than anything is for you to say, hey, Jesus has total control over me. You see, when we walk through this life, um, and we're not submitted to Jesus. There's a hierarchy that goes on. And uh, when we're unsubmitted, this is what happens. It's our flesh leading our soul and our spirit. And see the work of Jesus. And um, there's, a, there's a work that's done. And what it does is it flips everything right side up. So no longer is our flesh and our soul cry, calling the shots and our spirit has to be okay with it. But what happens is, is our spirit actually takes the high seat. And this is why Paul says that whenever, um, 
every thought that comes to you, you have to take it captive. Not just the good, not just the bad ones, but the good ones too. It's because there's a hierarchy going on in your life, and the spirit is now going to reign over the soul, and your flesh is just a slave. What you have to understand is that you're not a flesh with a spirit. You're a spirit with a flesh. And your soul is there in the middle and it's helping you to make all these decisions. And so we surrender our soul. And so I'm going to pray and anybody that needs to leave can head out. Anybody that wants to stay and just sit in this, totally cool. You can stay, right? Good. So let's pray. Jesus, you are holy. You are so good. And I thank you that you're not just, you're not a guest in this house. You're a regular attendee. You're a member. You're the leader. You're the coordinator. You're the everything in this house. And so right now, Father, I just thank you for those that are receiving healing in their soul. And I know sometimes it's maybe a little bit too foreign for us to even understand what's going on. God, I just thank you that you just, there'd be a warmth that would come around their body even right now and just would hold them here until you say what you want to say and do what you want to do. And God, I just pray for these next couple of nights that you would just get us out of the way. Get us out of the way and say what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you for it and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.